Hello and welcome to episode 8 of Pridecast, the official podcast of Hofstra Pride Athletics. Today we're excited to be joined by the head men's basketball coach here at Hofstra University, Joe Mihalik. Coach Mihalik is now in his fourth season here at Hofstra University. Uh, we hope you enjoyed today's episode of Pridecast. Thanks so much for listening. Hello ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 8 of Pridecast, the official podcast of Hofstra Athletics. Today we're excited to be joined by the head men's basketball coach of the Pride, Joe Mihalik. Welcome coach. Thanks for having me. Episode episode eight. At least I'm in the top ten. Okay. You are at least in the top ten. Winter sport makes that happen. So, you know, you have you have a high ceiling to reach. Simon is the most listened to podcast so far. And that will remain the case because once I'm done here, I'm gonna go listen to him. So let's get right to it, Coach. Uh, you're now, like I said, in your fourth year here at Hofstra after spending 15 seasons as the head coach in Niagara. Uh, let's start early on in your life. Uh, where'd you grow up? And uh, talk about the early years of uh, Joe's life. Yeah, sure. Well, grew up in Philadelphia. Born in Washington, D.C., but grew up in Philadelphia. And, uh, uh, you know, had a, had, was lucky enough to have great parents and a, and a, and a dad who pointed me in the right, on the right direction with sports. And whatever season it was, I played it, baseball, football, basketball. Uh, and, uh, you know, was uh, lucky enough to... Uh, as I said, uh, you know, play those sports and had a little bit of success and fall in love with whatever I was doing. So you played a lot of sports. You didn't just – it wasn't just basketball growing up. It was everything then, anything that was around? Well, whatever the season was. Football, we were, I had my football uniform on, baseball. My dad played for the minor league system with the Yankees. So baseball was probably the first, first sport I played. And I guess, ironically, basketball was probably the last sport I picked up because I played football early on too. So, uh, yeah, but loved them all, played them all. Was uh, baseball a favorite of yours because of the, your father or just any sport, whatever, like you said, the season? Yeah, probably early on, but, but then it became, you know, as I said a couple times already, uh, whatever the season was, that was, that was my favorite sport. At what point in uh, your teenage years did it become apparent, though, that you were a basketball player first and every other sport was probably slightly behind it? So in high school, my freshman year, I was on the football team. We had to get a physical and what high school was this at? This was LaSalle College High School. And uh, I had this just pretty common thing it was with your knee called this a bone, like a, grow, a growing, a growth thing with your bones called Osgood Slaughters or something like that. Probably mispronouncing it. And so they told me not to play football for a couple of months. So, you know, uh, then I just started playing basketball. And, and I played baseball in high school for a couple of years, maybe two. But really, it was just all about basketball. I never did play football. Uh... You know, after that, and just played basketball, and as I said, a couple of years of baseball. But really, then then was when basketball became the primary sport. Uh, obviously, recruiting has changed a lot since you were in high school. But at what point in your high school career did uh, your talents begin to show, and then colleges started uh, looking at you? Yeah, I wasn't uh, you know the most sought after high school player. I was, I think if you if you looked up the word average in the dictionary, my my picture probably be sitting next to it, but. You know, I, when I was in high school, I visited, uh, I remember visiting Lehigh, and there was a local a successful Division II school, Widener University, I, I visited there. But, you know, my dad taught at LaSalle College, and so I was always going to those games, and that was always the dream, to play at the Palestra and play at LaSalle College. And so when push came to shove, uh, I decided just to go to LaSalle College and my first year there, I was uh, well, actually just the first half of the year, I was a walk-on, and I was 
lucky enough in the middle of my freshman year to get awarded a scholarship. But my first semester there, I was a walk-on and, and uh, you know, played with Kobe Bryant's dad, Joe Bryant. And it was a really, really good team my freshman year. At one point, we were seventh in the country. Really, really good. Um, we had some good players. Uh, and, uh, you know, from there, had a, you know, went on to have a, you know, uh, okay career. I mean, I, 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 as I said, I wasn't, I wasn't a great player. I think, you know, maybe that's part of why if I've had any success being a coach, it's probably because I was able to be a little more analytic than a participant. From walk-on to team captain your senior year, uh, from 1974 to 78, and uh, like you said, team was quite successful during your career, 68 uh, wins during your four years at LaSalle. Uh, is there a couple of NCAA tournament appearances? Do you, do you recall those uh, games and what it meant and how special it was at the time as a player? Yeah, sure, vividly, vividly. I mean, my freshman year, as I said, we were really good. We went to the NCAA tournament. We lost in, I think, double overtime to a Syracuse team that would go to the Final Four. It was just a great, great game. We had, as I said, Kobe Bryant's dad, Joe Bryant. They had a couple of good players. I remember a guy named Rudy Hackett was the star then at Syracuse. And it was just a just a great game. And back then, there were not 64 teams. I, I think there was only 48. I have to look it up. I think there was only 48 teams. And then my senior year, uh, we played Villanova in the first round of the NCAA tournament. And again, another great game, but... You know, ended up we ended up getting beat there too, but you know we got to, we climbed up the ladder and cut down a couple nets in those four years, and that was great. And you know, in between those my senior and freshman years, we uh, one of those years we lost to Hofstra in the championship game. So you, you have a great photo of you, uh, as you say, guarding uh, some uh, some of the Hofstra greats during the time uh, you faced Hofstra once during your career as a uh, player or twice. Well, every year. Every year, oh, every it's the same league. Yeah. It's the same league. But you know that the the seventy, my sophomore and junior years, Hofstra was the best team in the league. Uh, my freshman and senior years, LaSalle was the best team. So, you know, I I've been saying around here for the last four years, kiddingly, that the first win I ever helped Hofstra get, I was a player at LaSalle, and I <laughs> played poor enough to help them win. So you graduate from LaSalle and you go right into coaching. What what about coaching attracted you so much that it was such an immediate? Uh, uh, profession for you? Well, when I was in high school, uh, my summer my, my, my summer job, I, I worked basketball camps. And it was then, early on, I knew I'd want to be a coach. I mean, it was, uh, I loved it. I loved working the camps. I loved being a coach. I loved being around kids and, you know, helping them, you know, helping them get better at the game we love. And, and then coaching, and when, even though it was just camp, it was always, it was fun. We just had a good time. So I knew, I knew then. I knew probably when I was a junior in high school that I wanted to be a basketball coach. So your first job in coaching is DeMatha High School, the uh, famous DeMatha under head coach Morgan Wooten. Uh, did you know at the time how special of a person he was and how well-respected he was nationally, or is that something that came over time and as you learned? Well, you know, I, I, I just knew of him. I mean, it was, uh, it's, it's basically kind of a long story as to how I got that job. Really, literally, it was friend of a friend of a friend is how I just got hooked up with Morgan Wooten. And I knew of him, and I was in awe from the very second I stepped in front of him and onto the, the Matha campus. But it's, uh, it's every day that I just marvel at what an incredible guy he was and what a great coach he was and great person he is. And, and uh, you know, I like to say this, that every day I step on that court, on that court you know, you take a little bit of Morgan Wooten with you because he was just a – he had no equal. So your coaching career has spanned since 1978 to today, which is short of 40 years, and you've only been at four different jobs. Uh, 
very, very uh, not norm, not the norm of the coaching profession. Is that something you set out, or just kind of worked out that way? That you know, the job after job after job seemed like the right fit at the right time. Yeah, I, I guess it's just a, it's just a uh, wonderful coincidence or, or whatever that that it happened to be that way because you as you're suggesting it's just in our profession you have to move around and stay somewhere for three years and then you know move to some other place and then stay there for three years and move again and move and move and move and you know I was lucky enough not to have to do that I was lucky enough to be at DeMatha for three years which was just incredible then I was at LaSalle College for 17 years and but now the one thing about that was through the course of those 17 years we were in four different leagues so I like to say that, that I was able to uh, move in the sense that um, we moved leagues and that helped me, you know, coach at a different level, scout other opponents at a different level, different teams, see other coaching styles without moving, without physically moving. So the move to leagues was almost like, to me, I, I felt like it was moving, moving jobs because the job became somewhat different. Speaking of the LaSalle team and obviously the competition you faced, you, you were part of a staff that was, uh, as somebody who's from Philadelphia and grew up in that era, uh, some remarkable LaSalle team, some of the all-time greats in college, not only LaSalle but college basketball. You're part of a team that had Lionel Simmons, one of the all-time greats in college basketball. Can you talk about your years at uh, LaSalle a little bit and how, 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 how special those years were, especially those great teams? Yeah, I mean, I – I've been blessed. I mean, I really have. You, know, you talk about the LaSalle years. I mean, first as a player, I said a couple times already, I was with Joe Bryant my first year. And then my, soft, my junior and senior year, I was with a guy named Michael Brooks, who in 1980 was named College Basketball Player of the Year. He was the captain of the Olympic team. And sadly, I mean, very sadly, he just passed away. I mean, a couple of months ago, 58 years old and just an incredible player. And he scored 2,600 points or whatever. So to be around those two guys and then... You, know, you mentioned Lionel Simmons. He still is the third, and probably will always be, the third all-time leading scorer in the history of college basketball. Was just inducted into the College Basketball Hall of Fame. Um, you know, he was a great player, and we had so many good ones. And you know, through the court, as, an, as an, I think as a player, it was two times. I think as an assistant coach, I want to say five or seven trips to the NCAA tournament. So either five or seven, five is a five, five times we went to the NCAA tournament as an assistant. So pretty good odds there five out of 17 years ago the NCAA tournament because we had a couple NITs in there too so that's right and then seven, seven and then a couple times at Niagara as a head coach went to the NCAA tournament so so near 1998 comes and now it's I'm sure you've had you had multiple opportunities at this point to leave for a job what what attracted you about Niagara University for your first head coaching job in college basketball well I I wanted to be a head coach at, at the division one level and I was a finalist a whole bunch of times. I mean, there were, I mean, I can think of five or six schools where, you know, I was either one of two or one of three or one of five people to, to interview them and, and almost get a head coaching job. And uh, it wasn't like I was going to go anywhere, but, but Niagara was, you know, I always remember my wife Mary saying, uh, you know, if you're offered this job in Niagara, are we going to go? And I said, well, yeah, we're going. She said, well, shouldn't we take a look at it first? Where is it? That kind of thing. I said, well, it's in upstate New York somewhere. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. So, and she's such a trooper that it, she made it work, and it was great for us. It was great for us. But, you know, um, you know, the, the, they were in the MAC, the same league as LaSalle, one of those four leagues. They were in the MAC, and the familiarity and the success we had made it a good fit, and uh, it ended up being a great place to work and to live. 
How, did you uh, did you end up visiting before you took the job, or did you just take it a sight unseen? Well, I'd been there a bunch as a player and as a coach. I'd been up there a bunch, and so it was I, I was familiar enough to 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 want to go up there. But uh, uh, Mary never did visit, uh, and thank God she's such a great sport about that. But she didn't visit, so but I was up there for just for the for the day for the interview. So fifteen years there, uh, more NCAA appearances, more. NCAA and IT appearances, adding to a, a program that many people don't know has had a history of success uh, all time, Niagara. And uh, you, you continued it there. Uh, uh, is there uh, certain wins or anything that stand out at you about those seasons there or a uh, season that was special to you? Well, sure. I mean, you know, they hadn't, Niagara hadn't been to the NCAA tournament since 1970. And so when, when, when I was offered the job, of course, that topic came up. Can you get to the NCAA tournament? And I felt like you could. You know, I always define a good job as one where you have the chance to win your league. You know, and uh, and and I believe that here at Hofstra we have a chance to win our league. And I believed that when I was at Niagara that we could win the league, and and so we did. We did it a couple times. Um, but you know, if there's one win that you want to talk about, it's it's when we went to the NCAA tournament. We uh, we won the championship game. Ironically, we did it in Buffalo. That was the site of the MAC tournament that year. And it was just one of those unforgettable, as long as I live, I won't forget the night. Because, uh, you know, it was a Monday night, we played Ryder, and uh, it was for all the marbles. It was a chance to climb up the ladder and cut down the nets. It was in Buffalo, so it was, it was a lot of our fans from Niagara could be there, and they were. And it was just, uh, just an incredible night, just one that, you know, I just feel lucky to be part of. Then in 2013, you decide to make only the fourth move of your uh, 40-year coaching career, and you come here to Hofstra. Um, I know you've talked long and extensively about uh, President Rabinowitz and Jeff Hathaway being many of the reasons you, you decide to come here. Was there something else you saw about this place that thought it could be special for you uh, as, a, as your coaching career continues? Well, um, yeah, and you mentioned it already, but it all starts with that. It all starts with President Rabinowitz and with Jeff Hathaway, our, our Vice President and Director of Athletics. You know, if those two guys weren't the President and the AD, I wouldn't have wanted to come here. I mean, I had a, a good job up there, and then I was, you know, the feeling was mutual. I mean, I was offered the chance to stay there for the rest of my life, and, and, and so forth and so on, and we were happy there. But, you know, uh, the, the chance to do it here um, with, with Stuart Rabinowitz and Jeff Hathaway, you know, that got me excited. Um, you know, there was all the little things that, that added up to be big things. The location, uh, the, the, the great, great university that Hofstra is, the people here, uh, you know, the, a different league, a different challenge. You know, I, I'm not saying that we did everything we could up at Niagara, but we did accomplish a lot there, and you start to wonder what more can you do. And uh, then I guess on a personal level, it would give us a chance for Mary and I to be closer to our sons. I mean, we, you know, we just uh, didn't get to see our sons up, much up there. And, you know, Buffalo's not on the way to anything, really. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, you know, at the time, uh, you know, Joey was now an assistant at the University of Pennsylvania, so he's only a couple hours away. And, and Matt is an assistant coach at the University of Hartford, so he's only a couple hours away. You're stealing and future topics, but keep Future keep topics, going. okay, no, sorry. No, you're good. Sorry, I just stumbled into it. You don't let out... You can talk about Tony. And that Tony? leaves Tony. Tony's a track coach at, at Iona, so he's only 45 minutes away, depending on traffic. Right. But, uh, you know, it gave us a chance to be near. And, we're, and, you know, Mary's brothers and sisters, my brothers and sisters are basically all in Philadelphia. So so now in your fourth year, uh, the program is off. You, you took over the program at a time of need. Uh, it's no secret to anybody came in. I think the, uh, there was four players on, on scholarship. You took over. Uh, Tenwin uh, seizing your first year here at Hofstra. Uh, I... I'm going to phrase it like this, and you can tell me if I'm different. Was, 
was it a rewarding 10-win season? Like, did, how much did you feel like you got out of that year? Was it more more rewarding than you actually thought it was going to be? It was a great year. It was a great year. I, I enjoyed every minute of it. Uh, we we nobody would nobody will even nobody will ever believe that. Uh, but that team over uh, over uh, just uh, over accomplished. Is that the right? Was that a word? Sure. Yeah. Overachieved. Okay. Overachieved. That's yeah. what I was looking for. I had a little brain, a little brain snap there. But uh, yeah, that team really overachieved. I mean, we only won ten games, but as you know, doggone it, there were five or six that could have gone either way, and they weren't supposed to. We weren't supposed to win ten. We weren't supposed to almost win sixteen, and we did. And I'll never forget the guys on that team. They played their hearts out. Uh, they gave us everything they had, and you know they'll never get the credit. But they they had a lot to do with setting this program on the right track to to being the, a successful program. Zeke Upshaw, uh, Dion Nesmith. You know we had the transfers sitting out. You know the leftover guys: Jordan Allen, Steve Nakwakoni, uh, Darren Payne. You know those guys. Uh, Musa Kone. Musa Kone. How could I forget Musa? Musa Kone was was a, a starter and a, and a big contributor. So you know those four guys did help a lot. And uh, it was. It was a very rewarding year. It was a great year. We, we enjoyed every minute of it. And the rebuilding effort culminated last season as you took the team to the conference championship game, obviously falling in overtime to Wilmington. But you still returned to the uh, postseason NIT for the first time since 2007. Uh, how special was that for guys like Amin and Wanye who joined you here uh, to, to bring them to that level of success in the season? Obviously falling short of the NCAA tournament, but still making uh, the NIT and at losing on a last second shot to the eventual champion. Yeah, it was you know, it was a it was a fabulous season. I mean, regular has Hofstra ever won never won the regular season championship before, right? Not in the CAA. Not in the CAA. So it's the first time the university won the CAA regular season championship, so that's really something to be proud of. And as you said, got to the championship game and and came within one shot of winning the game and it's uh wasn't meant to be. But uh, man, I think it uh, it just showed that what I believe to be true that you can win you can win this whole league. Now on to some other aspects we touched on a few minutes ago. Your family, Mary, your sons, Tony, uh, Joe, and Matt. Um, they're all in coaching. All three kids. Is that because of dad, or does that just happen? <laughs> I'm sure it has a lot to do with it. It's uh, you know, hey, listen. There's an old expression: you're only as happy as your unhappiest kid. And uh, they they all seem happy. Uh, I just hope it works out for them. You know, I pray for it. I pray that it works out for them. Uh, they, I think they're good at it. They work hard at it. I think they're cut out to be coaches. You know, with with the good things that happen and the bad things that happen. But you know, it's a tough profession. It's a tough profession. But I guess every profession is tough. So, you know, I'm, I'm praying it works out for them. And uh, you know, but I I'm a little biased. But I think they're all very good at what they do. Two of them are obviously in college basketball. Uh, any future games scheduled against uh, the uh, Sons of? Well, we can't do that. We can't do that. We can't. We can't. Uh, you know, we can't. We can't play Penn or Hartford. And uh, you know, we could play. We could play Iona in basketball, but I don't want to. I don't want our, our basketball players to have to run against Iona's a top ten cross country team. So we don't want to do that anyway. So. Uh, then uh, also on the family angle, last year, last December, you won your three hundredth game against your alma mater. Hours before your first grandson was born, was that the most rewarding uh, 24 hours of your career and fa- life? Oh, yeah. maybe. If you combine you know, professional and personal uh, good things, it has to be. I mean, there can't be any equal to that. That was it's like a TV movie. You know, you couldn't write a script like that, and it and it, it all happened. It was it was surreal, uh, but uh, you know, it was one of those nights when you just 
you, you almost feel guilty. You think, man, so many good things shouldn't be happening to one person in such a short amount of time. But uh, I, uh, I'm just very thankful that they did and very appreciative that they did. Uh, narrowing down a few questions here. Um, a little quirky question. I, I've noticed in my four years uh, working with you, you never sit during games. Uh, is it a superstitious thing or is it just who you are and how you've come about coaching as a head coach? I'll tell you this story. I've never told you this before, but I'm glad to share it with you. So when I got to be a head coach in 1998, after 20 years of being an assistant, I said to myself, I'm not going to be that guy that's running up and down and standing. I'm, I'm, I'm going to sit here, and, and that lasted maybe five minutes. So <laughs> I learned right away that's just not me. So it's just not me. So I, I'm not comfortable sitting there. Uh, I don't know that you need to have a presence for your team. Every team's different. Every, every, every set of players is different. But there's a little bit of me that wonders if your players don't need to, you know, be aware that you're there and that you're with them and that you might be saying something or giving them some sort of directive or whatever. But uh, I could never sit down. I can squat a little bit, but I just can't, uh, I just can't sit down. Uh, and then last question, NCAA tournaments, uh, you've been – part of them as assistants and as head coach. Uh, does the joy of reaching the NCAA tournament uh, exceed the, uh, I guess, misery of losing uh, the big games? Oh, there's nothing like it. There's nothing like it. Uh, you know, every time I've been so lucky, because I said we've, we've covered this twice as a player, uh, twice as a head coach, five times as an assistant. There's just there's nothing like it, you know, and, and no matter, you know, when it happens, it always feels like it's, it's the first time that it happened. It's euphoric. It's uh, the culmination of everything you dream about and play for, and it's worth working as hard as you work uh, towards that goal every year and every day. Well, Coach, thank you for joining us on the eighth edition of Podcast, the official podcast of Hofstra Athletics, and uh, good luck the rest of the season. Well, thanks for having me. I hope it was uh, – I know it wasn't as good as Simon's. It was, Simon's was definitely – well, he's got that British accent too. Though. Yeah, and he's been around Hofstra for like he's 30 been years. So I, I can't wait to listen to him, but uh, thanks for having me. We are now back with the Pride Five with head men's basketball coach Joe Mihalik here on episode eight of Pridecast, the official podcast of Hofstra Athletics. Coach, five questions, and you can just give your first answer that comes to your mind. Uh, favorite food? Lido's Pizza. Yeah. There's this pizza place down in, when I was at DeMatha down in Hyattsville, and Jeff Hathaway's fond of it too. In fact, every time Jeff goes back to visit, Jeff and Paula go back to visit family, they bring us a pizza. So, uh, but Lido's Pizza, it just, there's nothing like it. Okay, that was quick, good. Uh, favorite sports team, I know the answer to this. Favorite sports team maybe growing up and now? Buffalo Bills. The Buffalo Bills, and I don't know if it's, it's a, they just fired their coach, Rex Ryan, so we're always hoping, but it's, uh, we fell in love with the Buffalo Bills when we were up there. It's a great, great, uh, the, the spirit up there of all the fans, it was great to be part of it, so I'm always, I'll, I'll forever be a Buffalo Bills fan. Not a Yankees or Phillies fan? Nothing like the Buffalo Bills. Nobody's okay. even close. Uh, coaching mentor, obviously, probably maybe a simple question, but who is your coaching mentor? Well, it's Morgan Wooten because he's he has no equal. But but I must say that Speedy Mars had an incredible impact on my life as as an assistant at LaSalle. Uh, you know, Paul Weston was who I played for, and I've got so many great friends that are in coaching that are you know not just friends but mentors. I mean, just to throw one example out, I could do I could do a bunch of them. But a Fran Dunphy at Temple is, is somebody that uh, John Beeline at Michigan. They're all good good friends and good mentors. Uh, favorite vacation spot? Ocean City, New Jersey. Anytime you're near the beach, you're on the beach. It's, it's, it's a good thing. So, Ocean City, New Jersey. And last question: favorite arena, 
you've ever played in uh, as an away team, both non-conference and in any conference you were in? Favorite arena? This is a little tougher. Oh, This is a little tougher. I've been so lucky. I've been to so many incredible places. Like the nicest place ever, ever I've been to, you might agree, is Louisville's place. Yeah, absolutely. Just an incredible place. But favorite arena? Was there an environment that you recall from your coaching career that was just... Well, I mean, anytime we played a game at the Matha, I mean, it was the gym probably seen 1,100 people, but the, the, there was nothing like that. So I'll, I'll, maybe I'll stick with that one. But then, you know, don't forget the palestra. So as a player and as a coach, you know, the palestra, after thinking about this, you know, there's got to be the palestra. Well, Coach, thank you again for joining us. And uh, like I said, good luck the rest of the season. Thank you, and you made this fun. Thank you very much. Once again, thanks for listening to Episode 8 of Pridecast, the official podcast of Hofstra Athletics. And a special thank you to today's guest, head men's basketball coach Joe Mihalik. The upcoming week in Hofstra Athletics is a busy one for the winter sports teams as the wrestling team gets it started with, as they take part in the Lock Haven Classic starting on Thursday. And then uh, women's basketball is home against the University of Hartford on Friday at 7 p.m. Then it's CA play for the two basketball teams as men's basketball opens up at Delaware on the 31st with a 2 p.m. start. And then a special, special doubleheader in CA play on Monday as women's basketball will face Northeastern at 2 p.m., followed by the men's basketball team taking on the College of William & Mary. Once again, thanks for listening to Pridecast, the official podcast of Hofstra Athletics. And visit GoHofstra.com for more information on Hofstra Athletics.